The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning. This is Free Speech, and I'm Jay Westerveld, the semi-permanent guest of this show. Uh, in me, uh, with me in the studio is Stephen Keeter. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Stephen asked me to uh, pick up the mic this morning. Uh, we've we've all been having kind of a, a zany morning, and uh, given the great success, Stephen, I think we've seen from the uh, trivia shows. Oh, absolutely, and uh, we always it becoming a good tradition to feature local businesses and local. Trivia? Yeah, sure. So we'll do some more trivia today. Uh, it sounds like the to keep things simple, um, our sponsor, Sam's Meat Warehouse, is offering $25 gift certificates. $25 gift certificate uh, for people calling in, and I uh, hope a lot of uh, guys are listening. Uh, the number to the studio is 845-651-1110. And uh, so please tune in, listen, and uh, those uh, lucky listeners who are going to be uh, calling back with the right and correct answers will get, uh, there's a chance to win $25 gift certificate to Sam's Meat Warehouse. And one quick note, uh, when you do call in, if you've won any time in the last 30 days, uh, you're not qualified. You have to wait until 30 days have passed before you can qualify for another uh, prize here. But, you know, call in with the correct answer to our trivia questions. And... Actually, today we might even go slightly off of trivia and just do a little uh, fun uh, identification, which is, I guess, the same as trivia, because kind of a an interesting topic that Stephen and I were discussing um, just recently uh, was the, the whole idea of... Uh, Dr. Seuss being in the news, which was <laughs> kind of crazy. Dr. Seuss in the news, right. <laughs> yeah, just the idea of Dr. Seuss being in the news was funny. And, uh, you know, I guess the, Stephen, did did you research it at all? I really didn't. There was something like the Seuss Foundation or whomever is the estate, the trust that controls his money. Uh, well, from what I uh, was able to find that the, the trust is one of the richest uh, in America, if not in the world. And in just uh, for the sake of comparison, you know, it uh, has more money than Michael Jackson's trust. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And uh, on a, with the latest news of uh, six books being taken out of uh, circulation or essentially banned, uh, it became uh, now it's topping every uh, chart, so to speak, and best-selling list. Yeah, and it's funny. It seems like it was kind of a self-banning. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there were no groups. Uh, you know, vociferously uh, opposed to it, screaming and yelling, hey, get rid of those books. It sounds like the, and I don't know if it's a trust or a foundation, but it's more or less the same thing for our, our purposes anyway. Um, it sounds like they just decided to pull those books themselves and to <clears throat> announce that they were pulling them. Sort of like, I, I, I think it's kind of like a preemptive uh, move uh, in today's, uh, you know, cancel culture and, uh, uh, you know, very sensitive, uh, so to speak, public opinions on uh, ma many, many subjects. It, it was, uh, if not a political correct move, then it's certainly strategically and financially very successful. You put that really well. You said that a lot more diplomatically than I might have. I'm a tremendous fan of Dr. Seuss, and uh, I grew up on those books. I read those books to my child. I've used those books in education in Central Asia. 
uh, for children uh, with some of the groups with whom we work over there. And even uh, at my apartment in Ulaanbaatar, uh, the neighborhood kids, I read Dr. Seuss to them. We have a lot of fun. But this is an interesting thing because again, it's a sort of self-imposed banning. And it's one that, as you say very politely, Stephen, was very uh, financially useful for that foundation. And to me, it's sort of like, um, let's say our sponsor, Sam's Meat Warehouse. If Sam's Meat Warehouse were to announce, we're no longer doing halal meats, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just maybe uh, not uh, humane or, you know, not a nice way to kill an animal. We're not doing that anymore because, you know, it's wrong. And, and they put out a press release to that effect. Now, it's nice that they'd be doing that, although, I, you know, I don't see need for it, but that's just me. But the point would be that they'd get a lot of free publicity and it would be all over the place. Oh, wow. They're, and they do well. Well, right now, Dr. Seuss books are the hottest property on Amazon. I think they entered a new, uh, even like a niche market uh, because now they uh, became collectible. Yes. They've never been collectible before. And now... It's, it's a totally new market. Yeah, they're ne they've never been collectible unless your name was Jay Westerveld. Otherwise, <laughs> not very collectible at all. In fact, I brought a well, few Well, I understand you. you capitalized on it pretty good because I see uh, you know, a bunch of books uh, you brought with you. So you should have them all. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm lucky. I, I, uh, I have friends and colleagues who are always giving me their Dr. Seuss books from their kids. So, you know, again, my family here in America my family overseas, extended family, everything, have all grown up on Dr. Seuss, and it's a lot of fun. But again, this little bit of news is funny in that it seems to me like it was a marketing, a, a PR uh, stunt to make a lot of money. Yet I believe there's a lot of people who uh, jumped uh, on, on, on a wagon and uh, joined the, the movements, the cancel uh, movement, uh, you know, because I don't, honestly, I really not uh, that, familiar with the dr seuss uh, and all the books and uh, but I oh well Stephen, let me tell dr seuss was our first president here in the united <laughs> states and uh <laughs> but i certainly uh, you know see that it's it, it's a well-known character it's uh, been exploited by hollywood there's in movies and uh, jim carrey's playing the grinch and you know so there's certainly uh very recognizable uh, yet I don't find anything, uh, and I've read the, uh, a book or two, I, I didn't find any offensive uh, text or references or, or pictures in it. And, you know, it's, that's the point that I think is really great, and we see this throughout cancel culture. Now, cancel culture is an expression that I avoid only because of the way people like to uh, politically bundle it. Uh, if you feel that cancel culture is a thing or is a problem, people will automatically say, well, you're also a, you know, horn hat wearing QAnon shaman or something. And it's not really fair. We forget that in the real world, a person can have beliefs that aren't all necessarily bundled with the others with which we normally associate them. I personally see cancel culture as a grotesque issue right now in America, a horrific issue. And it's it's just so, it just seems so manufactured. In this case, it, it seems really manufactured. I did, you know, I'm familiar with the works of Dr. Seuss and I did understand which things they removed. I don't agree with uh, pulling them. I don't see them as being offensive, but it's just one of those things. For instance, um, one of the images that was very offensive in one of uh, Dr. Seuss's books was that of um, tribesmen on another continent walking around barefoot. Now, this was um, in Africa, African tribesmen walking around without shoes. So 
they felt that that book should be pulled for that reason. But to the best of my knowledge, you know, brothers over in Africa aren't all wearing uh, Air Jordans. At, you know, at, no, it describes a person in, in a natural environment. Yeah, and and something of which, in my opinion, uh, they should be very proud. You know, uh, really, I, I think it's kind of odd. You know, at what point do we start saying, well, because we're portraying other cultures in a way where they're not wearing, you, you know, a, exactly the same uh, Levi's that we are, well, we can't show them that way. Who's really the racist then? You know, if we're saying that we're sort of doing reverse cultural appropriation and saying that, well, we have to depict these tribesmen as wearing shoes, etc. you know, so they look like us. Man, that's somebody might say that's a slippery slope to discuss, but I, I will have that discussion with anyone anytime. I've like yourself. I've spent you've spent a lot of time in Africa, Stephen. We both spent a lot of time traveling, and what you learn from traveling is to respect cultures and not expect them to be like yours. And if someone depicts them in a way that you know may be accurate, we, that's not offensive. You know, that's no, something it should, to celebrate. It shouldn't be in any way, but uh, apparently some people do take offense to it, and. Uh, I think, like you said, it's uh, very much manufactured. Yeah, really manufactured. Since we're, uh, we're talking about African shoes, uh, I'm going to give you a, a sort of like how perspective uh, could be very different depending on you know on uh, your, your view on life. Uh, the company, uh, shoe manufacturing company, sends two representatives to Africa. One is uh, the uh, total optimist and sees everything in a very bright, uh, good uh, humor, and the other guy is pessimist, total, totally opposite. So they're getting reports, and uh, here's uh, the pessimist, uh, the way he sees it, he has, that's great opportunity, that, that is, uh, we're going to do a tremendous business here because nobody's wearing shoes. And a pessimist sends another note, says, everything is terrible, we're going to go bankrupt because, once again, nobody's wearing shoes, nobody needs them here. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> it depends how you look on things, you it, know? With you so many things life. in life. Yeah, and that, you know, that harkens back to, uh, I, I think it was Voltaire who wrote The Optimist, which was... Uh, Interestingly, it's funny you're talking about pessimism and optimism and this idea of looking at it two ways because uh, Voltaire had written a story upon which uh, a Seuss story that I'm a really big fan of is based. And um, maybe that can be an interesting trivia question. Although I think right off the bat, a uh, cool trivia question. Should we open the phone Absolutely. lines? Absolutely. Let's do it. I think uh, after maybe the break. Maybe right after the break. Yeah, we'll do that. is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. I'm gonna make this place your home. This is Christine Koenig, Grace Warren, Marsha Talbot of Howard Hanna Rand Realty and the hosts of The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. It's radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. 
baby love. Welcome back to Free Speech Show with Stephen Kira and Jay Westervelt. And uh, I think uh, we're ready to start with the trivia questions. I would like to remind uh, listeners that lines are open. The number to the studio is 845-651-1110. And I'm going to give uh, mic to Jay so you can probably start with the trivia and uh, sure. ask and a question. Stephen, what do you think also if anybody wants to call up just to Absolutely. share their opinion yeah, that's that's this. what free speech is all about we uh, you know given a chance people to chime in and uh, express their opinion uh, or you know call in with a question or correct answer yeah and and especially you know keeping it relevant to this topic um i've had people call into my show with just sort of little advertisements for their own thing that had nothing to do <laughs> with what i was talking about i'm like dude come on you know wrong show but uh yeah if somebody also just wants to talk about seuss cancel culture at large or something like that give us a shout um there's only one person who's banned from calling uh, the radio station ever again so we won't hear from him but i think a good question right off the bat a trivia question if people are listening get ready to call 845-651-1110 uh what was his real name dr seuss he had a real name as well uh and you know for that matter where did he get his doctorate give us a call and let us know and again, if you've won anything here in the last 30 days, you, you have to wait, uh, you know, mark your calendar. We do get a lot of callers on these things too. But uh, Dr. Seuss's real name, if you know it, give us a shout and uh, you will win a $25 gift certificate. $25 gift certificate. That's actually, it uh, doesn't sound like a lot of money, but it goes a long way at Sam's Meat Warehouse because with the, if uh, anybody looks up this upcoming week specials, I think things start from $1.99 and every special is under five bucks. So you can get 10, at, at least 10 pounds of meat or maybe as little as uh, five. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially people can call in for, you know, five to 10 pounds of meat, yep. essentially, you know, for uh, what they're calling. But, um. You know, cancel culture is a strange thing, and it, it 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 feels like just another way for people to exist with the illusion that they're making a difference when they're not really helping their focal um, subject. You know what I mean? Like uh, in this case with cancel culture, let's say that, um, you know, it was supposed that maybe a depiction of African tribesmen in one of Dr. Seuss's books uh, was somehow not PC because it showed them without shoes. Again, to the best of my knowledge, a lot of them don't wear shoes. Um, and so, you know, at that point, are you actually helping anyone in Africa? Uh, but, you know, that being said, it sounds like we have a call. Caller, uh, what's your name? You don't have to say last name. And where are you calling from? Caroline from Warwick. Hey, Caroline. It, hey, how are you? Theodore uh, Seuss Giselle. Yeah, you got it. You even got the middle name Seuss. Very good. Yeah, I know, because, you know, uh, my uh, son who was uh, born on the same day, March 2nd, was a big fan of him. Oh, that's so great. That's how I, that's how I know. Did, did you read his <laughs> book? My son's 35 now. Oh, good. Oh, he's read his book. Yep. What? yep. Green Eggs and Ham I Am. Oh, there you go. What's what's your favorite? <laughs> my favorite Dr. Seuss book? Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, uh, Red Light, Green Light. Cool. One, two, three. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, it sounds like you've got a twenty-five dollars. Absolutely. Congratulations. Now, uh, uh, was he a real doctor? Was he a real doctor? I 
think he was just a, had a, a doctorate for writing, or not really too too short. <laughs> Maybe that can be another question. Someone can call yeah, in and let us know. Yeah, that's a good question. There you go. <laughs> well, congratulations, Caroline. Stay on the line, and they'll hook you up. Uh, uh, yep, uh, with the number, and uh, they have to take information. And uh, congratulations on winning a certificate. Oh. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Now, since we mentioned the birthday, I think uh, this is a really. Uh, an important date today is... Uh, Frank, oh, thank you, Stephen. I didn't want Thru- people to know. <laughs> Truett's birthday. <laughs> Whose birthday? Frank's. Frank's birthday is today. That's right. Frank Truett, the yep. Frank Morning Show. Sure. Oh, that's right. And uh, despite, the, you know, uh, besides uh, all, uh, you know, Frank is uh, obviously the owner and founder of uh, WTBQ and uh, the Citizens of the Year and... Uh, Uh, many other uh, accolades. He's also the, an official uh, taster. and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right, at Sam's. Uh, 100%. You have yeah. a hamburger name for him, the Meat Mix, right? That's right. Frankburger is a very, f- uh, our own famous custom blend. Mm-hmm. Frankburger. And what is it that, it, what's the, are you allowed to share what the ratio is in Frankburger that makes uh, it? The unique? ratio is actually, uh, is a perfect ratio between fat and lean. We, we, we're keeping it uh, kind of like a secret, but uh, the mix of different cuts, uh, there's a uh, sirloin, rib, brisket, And chuck. So it. all beef. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, you know, because some people actually do mix. Some people do mix pork. Some people even mix lamb into hamburgers. I don't do it. Nah, there's a uh, uh, hamburgers. Ah. It's uh, their own separate category. Yeah, for sure. But uh, out of all uh, burgers, uh, Frank Burger is a, a champion. So Now, validated from- by Frank Truat and Frank. Once again, thank you for tweaking and working with us, and happy happy birthday. Yeah, and I, you know. Frank, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to work here and all, too. It's it's a lot of fun just to talk to the guy when he's in the office. I'm sure he's out somewhere, you know, tapping a keg or something. But, uh, <laughs> Should it, be it, rightfully, though. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I was scared, though. I'm glad. You know, when I didn't see him in the office and I heard someone mention Frank burgers, I was really worried <laughs> as to what they were made of. So I'm glad they're actually made of beef. That's a good thing. So, yeah, more Dr. Seuss stuff. Um It's kind of weird, you know, what happened. But again, they, they're doing really well as a result of it. Already one of, if not the wealthiest artist trust in the world now is much, much wealthier. And on Amazon, by far, the number one uh, selling thing, item of any kind on Amazon. Uh, Dr. Seuss books, really amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I use them for English instruction overseas um, because the, the really fun thing about them is uh, sort of the pentameter, the way you read them, the rhyming parts. It works as a, a nice memory tool, sort of a mnemonic for people to both memorize uh, English phraseology and uh, also the words themselves, how they go together. And if someone's a speaker of... Um, a totally different language group, especially something that's not from the greater language group that all of our languages are here and in the West, it helps them to get used to our speaking cadence, which we it's, share. It's, it's a repetition of the same uh, words, nouns, and uh, the way of using them, and very simple dialogues. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like I... Uh, In English is my not even second language. It's one of the uh, languages that I speak. And I remember uh, at the very basic, when you start learning language, you start from, you're going from simple to more complicated dialogues. And one of the way I picked up and uh, honed, uh, you know, on English was uh, watching cartoons like Aladdin, uh, where you oh, have yeah. a very simple dialogue when uh, it says, uh, hi, my name is Aladdin. What's your name? Abu or something, you know, and that's <laughs> absolutely perfect. That's with any language when you learn it. That's essentially the first phrase you learn. Yeah. Hi, my name is blank. What is yours? Right. You know, um, no, it's it, 
Stephen, you speak like at least five languages fluently. Close, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's it's always pretty impressive to hear you uh, switch back and forth. And, uh, you know, here in uh, the countryside of Warwick, New York, it's always refreshing to know somebody who actually can do that, who's truly a polyglot and very natural at it. And uh, it's, uh, well, it's well, I fun. do speak uh, the uh, most of the languages that uh, sort of like uh, European and uh, uh, related to Slavic languages, those are very easy to pick up. So they kind of related. And outside that, uh, I picked up a few, but some of them, if you speak Ukrainian, you automatically uh, assume to be able to pick up uh, Belarusian, Russian. We all speak. Da, pravdo, was, <laughs> pravdo, comrado. Here we go. Uh, you, you're doing it very well. No accent whatsoever. Sure. <laughs> right. And, and uh, from <clears throat> there, Polish, Slavic, uh, Bulgarian, they, they all closely related. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's primarily what I studied uh, was the Pan-Slavonic group. And um, we'd look at percentages of overlap between the, the different Slavonic uh, languages, members of that group. And uh, it's a very interesting thing. And a lot of people are shocked that the center, really, of what we call Slavia is actually Ukraine, Kiev. Is Ukraine, Kiev, yeah. And even Russia uh, started as, as a country, started from Kiev, which is currently Ukraine, capital of Ukraine. And uh, an interesting question, it may have even been a, a question we once did on the show, but an interesting fact is that the Celtic languages, which includes the Gaelic languages like Irish and Scottish, uh, to a degree uh, Cornish and Welsh, um, they all originated in present-day Russia. People are shocked. They think, oh, well, these things, you know, emerged right from the British Isles, but they didn't. And, you know, for a long time... Uh, most of Europe was really Celtic. In fact, the the Czech language has a smattering of Celt, and the Czech people um, ethnically are very Celtish, uh, as and the Slovaks less so. But it, we we see a lot of this in the Western Slavic nations. Very interesting, uh, strange thing. But um, getting back to Dr. Seuss, uh, I I think uh, it was interesting getting someone calling in a parent who'd, you know, had the books for their kid. Maybe it's not that interesting to listeners. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm wondering, Stephen, if there's ever a chance of uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse having a green eggs and ham special <laughs> for St. Pat's. Well, it's actually not a bad idea. We're constantly looking for new uh, stuff to introduce. So that might be something, you know, when others are taking uh, books out of circulation. By the way, oh. I, I always thought that that's a bad idea. We had some examples throughout the history where books has been burned, banned, uh, taken out of uh, circulation and uh, forbidden to read always a bad idea always backfires so uh, and we always know that's uh, leads to just uh, the opposite people are uh, searching for them looking for them and that's exactly uh, once again i consider this a very uh, genius marketing ploy and exploitation yes. essentially of uh, today's uh, sensitive uh, climate uh, you know when everybody's trying to prove a point and uh, a lot of courses essential don't exist just people using them just to promote themselves and uh, you know make well, that's a name what, for themselves and really i mean that's you know sort of how i made my mark uh with with uh, quite a few things in popular culture was with greenwashing it was sort of the same thing just for uh, style or for profitability saying that one is green one's environmentally um has an environmental environmentally conscientious uh, approach to things when in fact they're not really doing anything to help but it's interesting you mentioned that uh, obviously book burning and we all know that uh, certainly with Nazi Germany that was a hallmark uh, along with uh, Kristallnacht and 
you know, Dr. Seuss, almost all of his books had um, some historical reference and always a message. He had a book that was actually um, supposed to be a metaphor for Nazi Germany and Adolf Hitler. If anyone can call in uh, with the title of that book or even just the, the Char character, yeah, the name of the main character, which Dr. Seuss character actually was a representation of Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany. Please give a call in uh, to the station at area code 845-651-1110 and let us know if you have the answer. I think this one, I'm not going to say it's easy. Everybody uses Google, so they'll probably <laughs> find it. Um, but now, Stephen, of course, you didn't grow up with Dr. Seuss. No, no. The, I actually get to know it uh, only uh, coming to America and mm -hmm. uh, because I grew up essentially behind Iron Curtain. And uh, once again, we were deprived of uh, certain books and, uh, you know, we just didn't know it existed. Sure. No, and that, that makes sense. And, you know, several of his titles actually also were rather negative metaphors of socialism at large and certainly of communism directly. So it's it stands to reason that they wouldn't be there. You know, it's, it's funny for me, um, spending a lot of time uh, in Eastern and Central Europe uh, decades ago, I was ex exposed to a lot of really, really great um, children's literature, uh, Slavic stuff, and also cartoons and things like that. And as you know, um, my own child has grown up on Masha and the Bear, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a lot of fun. And now that's, there's a, that's on a couple channels here in the States. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I've seen it uh, here, it's on uh, all over YouTube and uh, it's getting popular. Uh, the characters I remember from my childhood, but- Really, uh, your own childhood? Characters. Oh, not, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Not, not the cartoon, not the computer generated, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, what we see on uh, TV today, but yeah, characters were existent. It's one of those uh, common characters used in uh, folklore and, uh, you know, tales that people tell each other. Yeah, there's it, there's the episode where they're fishing and they pull out the uh, magical goldfish uh, with the little crown. That, that is the uh, golden fish is one of uh, once again one of very traditional Russian tales. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. And you know what I like about that cartoon is that it it shows the closeness between real Russian folk culture and nature, and that's a that, there's a big difference between that culture and our own that everything is is really intertwined with nature uh, pretty much uh, the the character of the uh, russian folklore is uh, is is an animal it's it's either a golden fish or, or pike uh, in another yeah. you know so it's always uh, you know interaction in between the human and an animal yeah and the the largest uh, wild forested areas on the planet still are in russia yep. siberia mm -hmm. i mean you have uh, like Siberia, I'm trying to think that's like five time zones of forest. I may be wrong. I think all of Russia's seven time zones. No, it's actually 12. My gosh, really? Yeah, it's 12. 12 time uh, zones. When there's a noon in Moscow, in Pintropavlovsk, Kamchatsky, there's a midnight. That's so amazing. Felt, felt oh, okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, the time zones, you're right. Maybe the time zone less, but there's a 12 hour uh, right. difference. That's wild. That's yeah. really wild. Well, there's no callers yet on which uh, Dr. Seuss story that is. Um, so let's, you know, we can move on to another question or whatever sure, you think. Sure, sure. Let's do it. Um, another question would be, now the lady who just called in mentioned a story that I was going to bring up, uh, which is a really good one. 
Um, and that's, you know, that's why I mentioned also possibly something for Sam's Meat Warehouse to carry green eggs and ham, at least the green ham part. Uh, I don't know how you'd color it, but there's one way to do it. Uh, this is, you know, like so many of these things, this is a can be a little more difficult than somebody might expect even to Google. So we may have to make this one a, a little easier. What was the name of the elephant who appeared in two Dr. Seuss stories? One elephant, two different uh, Dr. Seuss stories. Give us a call at area, area code 845-651-1110. And that's for a $25 gift certificate to Sam's Mead Warehouse. So Stephen, the people who showed up after the last show for their prizes, did most of yes. them uh, come in or? Yep, uh, I think we still have a, uh, one of the callers uh, we communicated with yesterday. Uh, but the majority of the prizes has been picked up. I think like three of them went out the same, the very same day. Sure. Because it's all local uh, and uh, like a lot of uh, local uh, communities uh, from uh, Warwick and uh, Chester, Goshen, uh, they tuning in. I think we had uh, one winner from Middletown and uh, one winner is from Monroe. Yes, I remember yep. that. I remember uh, so, that. So, so you sure. you can uh, judge and you can uh, tell that uh, a lot of people uh, we're covering a lot of territory, so to speak, and for people sure. are tuning in. So it's it, it's always a good indication uh, and an indicator to to know that people are listening, tuning, and I always pleased and happy when somebody call in and wins, and that just tells that people are paying attention. For sure. And, you know, just, just so that you know, um, any unclaimed prizes, uh, the people have been contacting me, you know, on through other channels, just asking me to pick them up for them. So you may see me come <laughs> up to Sam's Meat Warehouse, you know, to pick up a bunch of prizes for well, people. Any unclaimed it's all on the up and up. Prizes, we, we're going to roll into the uh, the upcoming uh, the programs, So, but we'll discuss that right after the break. Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Tune into the Nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your Nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Taylor. Have your second cup of coffee with me every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Learn the latest in news, gossip, health, entertainment, and of course, all about animals. Radio worth listening to. WTBQ Our weather will be rather quiet for the weekend, but unseasonably cold. Breezy this afternoon with a mix of clouds and sun. A scattered snow flurry possible in the low and mid-30s. A flurry early tonight, otherwise turning partly cloudy, cold, 15 to 20. A good amount of sun on Sunday, less wind, but still cold in the mid-30s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. 
And we're back with Free Speech Show. Uh, he's with you uh, in studio is Jay Westervelt and Stephen Keeter. And we're discussing the uh, one of the latest sort of phenomena in... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cancel culture. Cancel culture and uh, surrounding uh, Dr. Seuss books and uh, the statements or uh, illustrations of it. Yeah, it's uh, both. And, um, you know, again, as I was saying uh, at the beginning of the show, Stephen, I... <laughs> I, I'm not always comfortable discussing or even saying cancel culture just because it's associated with one political side of the aisle. And to me, that's really erroneous and tragic because you don't have to be right or left wing to see value in either side. And to me, it's 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 kind of creepy when people say, well, you have to just subscribe to all the values of this side and, you know, eschew all of those on the other. And uh, I'm not on either side, as you know, far from it. Um, and uh, cancel culture to me is a, a really silly, ugly new thing. And, you know, in the Dr. Seuss books, it, it's been very strange. Another depiction that they felt uh, folks might uh, find offensive was that uh, he, he mentions in one story uh, going to an Asian country to, and it's if I ran the zoo, uh, to collect animals and saying, um, that the people there wear their eyes in a slant. Uh, I guess if he was saying that as a, you know, a, a word or, or a, a descriptor, just a single descriptor calling someone that, that would be bad. But if we're saying that it's bad to say that the people where I collected these animals wear their eyes that way, are we saying that that's a bad thing in general. They should have round eyes. I don't. No, but that's get that's it. sort of like a very descriptive, uh, not offensive remark. And no, you, you lived in Asia for for uh, forever. Still like, do. Yeah. I mean, my my primary apartment's in Ulaanbaatar. I'm I'm the uh, I'm I'm the sole honky there. I'm the only guy with round eyes. You know, and <laughs> I'm not offended. My neighbors, especially the kids, think it's funny to walk up to me and with their fingers make their eyes look round, and it's hilarious. I don't do it to them, and I'm not going to. You know. Um, mock the way anyone looks i don't mind when these kids do it but i just don't get it i am am i supposed to feel better if they say well don't don't talk about that poor ugly man's eyes you know they don't see it that way it's just hey he's different we're different you know and why that's can't okay people, and yeah that why can't we okay. actually that's we talk, i think the main message of uh, we're trying to pass along that that's okay to be different celebrate diversity but you know some of these elements of cancel culture or at least these with this whole you know susical the musical thing that's going on i i just i think it's the opposite hopefully i'm wrong and it, you know if anyone Please, if you disagree, if you agree, call in. I'm not going to start screaming. We're, we're not that guy who used to call uh, when this show first started, who used to just call here to hear his own voice and shriek. Um, I just like to understand it better. You know, uh, I, it, it's a very strange one to me. It really is. Uh, but, you know, that's the culture in which we find ourselves. I'm hoping that we're seeing the extreme of it and that things are going to come back to a center line at some point soon. And I really would like to believe, and I, I, in my heart of hearts, I do believe that this whole thing that the Dr. Seuss Foundation did really was uh, just for profit. If it wasn't, either way, wow. I really don't see it uh, any other way, because where do you draw the line? Uh, why does, because if they find, let's say, one illustration depicting a, a, like in Chinese uh, person, uh, you know, as a character wearing that the uh, Chinese hat. The hat, yeah, that was one of the things that was supposed to be. How is that offensive? And I think that's a traditional. If I would, you know, like we all in a trivia, if we describe a hat 
that is so associated with the with Asia right that that, that almost I'm pretty sure that's sort of like a national hat of course it is I mean look walking around Beijing you're mostly you're gonna see way more Yankees caps than anything else very honestly it actually and I have to say right after 9-11 I was in Russia and I remember in Moscow people seem to be going out of their way to wear Yankees hats just to show solidarity with what happened here with the terrorist attack but that that's another story um, you're going to see a lot more Yankees caps when you go into the countryside. Sure. You mostly see the traditional, uh, you know, Chinese sunshade hat. And it's not just China, certainly throughout Southeast Asia. And, you know, a lot of the times that people are still ethnically Han Chinese, uh, people in even those countries, but even those, the ethnic natives of those countries, the Hmong, etc., wear those hats because they're practical they're useful and you know what damn it they're pretty those no, are cool and hats. we associate certain like when uh, we see uh, paces and yarmulkes we think of uh, orthodox jews sure of, uh, hasidic community there's nothing wrong uh, to putting up uh, you know the, the certain uh, when you you said when you see a baseball cap you know you probably uh, my image would probably okay westerner maybe yeah. like uh, especially with the yankee out of new york yeah there's nothing sure. wrong with that no. there's really absolutely nothing wrong with that that's it's kind of bizarre and you know if i were to ever think of the diametric opposite the uh, opposite of this if i were to think of like in north korea if they banned yankees caps i wouldn't look at that in a favorable light even if they said well it's because we don't want people you know um somehow maligning these these western dogs no, you it's, know it's 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 silly to say the list because uh when I'm, when I'm thinking about the mexico and i'm uh, thinking uh Sombrero. sombreros sure i'm thinking about west i'm thinking uh, cowboy hats see but now what's going to happen is the next logical step would be um banning the uh, mexican hat dance <laughs> yeah. no but really that's mariachis uh, should wear the baseballs uh, sure. hats you know and and, uh, you know, it happens all the time. And, you know, even locally with our Hasidim, I think the hats that the guys wear are pretty cool, uh, especially in the winter when some of them wear the beaver hat. Oh, the, the beaver hat. That thing is, that is rad. But my point is, if you mention it, if you acknowledge it, it doesn't mean you're poking fun at it. It doesn't mean that uh, you're in any way... Um, you know, just looking down at it. It's really weird. So if I were to say, let's say if I were in Brooklyn where the uh, Lubavitcher um, sect is, mm -hmm. and they wear the more cowboy hat, they look like gunfighters the way they wear their black hat. They're not like the Satmars. And um, if I were to say something like, well, in Brooklyn where, you know, they wear cowboy hats, is that offensive? I don't think so. And I think those brothers would be like, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm Wyatt Earp. Look at me. You know, it's kind of cool. Actually, you know what? Uh, I know there's a uh, quite uh, wide public and audience is listening. Maybe somebody can explain. Maybe somebody can make a point why uh, those books are offensive. Maybe there is somebody who listens that feels that uh, they are offensive uh, to him or her. So yeah, I'm not going to argue it right. either. If you so call in and you say why. We just would like to, I, to understand, essentially. So the lines are open. The number to the studio is 845-651-1110. So we would like just to see how these child children's books can be banned and taken out. Yeah, and if the depiction were wrong, like, you know, I, I was having a conversation about this recently, and the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's was brought up. And the point, <coughs> pardon me, the point was made that, well, then this, the book and the movie should be banned. Well, 
the book and the movie breakfast at tiffany's are wildly different from one another um even the you know the the main guy in it had to be depicted totally differently uh in the early 60s i think it was the early 60s when they made the movie anyway um mickey is it mickey rooney uh anyway the uh an actor plays a um, a chinese american landlord in it and that's offensive very honestly if you ever see it you'll you'll actually be angry you'll say that is so out of line jay that was 60s exactly now, I, I watched last night and i like to flip through the old movies i watched uh, 48 hours you want to uh, talk offensive now yes. that movie was sh uh, shot in 1984. that's a great point and, and you know and, and it's full of uh, what today what somebody can consider is like well this is unacceptable this is uh, totally offensive the, you know 1984 great point you know that is a really and, great and if you point. really get to, on, on that wagon or, or train then pretty much everything down the line everything you have to cancel everything i mean like and is that what we do is that really is that the best starting point I don't do we think start so. over nope. I, I certainly don't think so and i'm i definitely don't celebrate racism i'm grotesquely offended by racism on any level I rarely find it funny, um, but th this is a strange cultural thing. This isn't racism to, to me. So, um, yeah, I think uh, af after the break, maybe uh, we can talk a little more about that. Absolutely. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Jeff Berkman, and I invite you to tune in to the Wednesday Morning Roundtable on Radio Worth Listening To, New Jersey and Orange Free Radio. Free to express your opinions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Hi, this is Dr. Pierre-Louis, a clinical psychologist. I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. And we're back with free speech. This is Jay Westerveld. We were, you know, sort of the theme today uh, is cancel culture. Um, I am not right or left wing myself. I do find cancel culture itself to be offensive. And what it is for people who don't really understand is just the idea that when we look at things from art and popular culture, if we feel, if some groups or ourselves feel that these things don't jibe with our specific system of beliefs, then they should just be erased altogether as if they never happened. Sort of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi movie where just, you know, everything is erased and you start fresh. I'd mentioned breakfast at Tiffany's uh, during a conversation just a few days ago. It was mentioned to me that 
hey, where do we draw the line? Do we ban the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's? Because Mickey Rooney did a very, to me, racist portrayal of a, a Chinese person, a landlord in Chinatown in uh, you know lower Manhattan. And Stephen, you mentioned that in 1984, what movie was it again? 48 Hours. Yeah. I mean, uh, Eddie Murphy uh, and Nick Nolte are leading actors uh, poking uh, fun at each other, you know, uh, all along the hour and a half. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it's one of those classic movies. It's, uh, it's part of this is how it was. Nobody knew any better. Yeah, I don't think anybody's celebrating racism in those movies. Mm, absolutely not. You know, it, it's, it's a strange thing. Uh, it's hard to draw a line. It's hard to judge. You know, when you have somebody from within a culture poking fun at themselves with racism, is that cool? I don't think so, but I can't judge that because that's not that cool. Like, I just referred to myself when I'm in Asia, I referred to myself as a honky. Now, is that cool? You know, do my fellow Caucasians like yourself say, hey, Jay, that's out of line. I, I don't like that word. That's offensive. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, call me out on it. But to me, you, you know, Sure, Caucasian people aren't actually downtrodden anywhere in the world, so you can get away with it. This stuff isn't funny in other places, but Dr. Seuss portraying African tribesmen without shoes, to me, that's not racism and it's not offensive. I think it's depicting, and the same as uh, Asian people wearing uh, sunshade hats, it's depicting people in their natural environment who are doing it accurately. Uh, and it's, I think it's okay to be different, to have uh, particular attributes that belongs to us as uh, either due to nationality or religious beliefs. So I, I think it's totally fine. It's totally okay. Yeah, and obviously I do too, but we, apparently some people don't. In the case of the Seuss debacle, though, as I said, I, I don't know if there really was a public outcry that led to it. I think it was just a great way for the Seuss. Uh, I forget if it's called the foundation. I, I keep saying that, but please forgive me, listeners, if I'm calling it I think it it's Enterprises. Uh, I think you're Dr. right. Dr. Seuss Enterprises. Um, I think that they just saw a great way to uh, capitalize, and capitalize they did. Taylor popped in uh, during the break, twice actually, which is always fun. And uh, Taylor pointed out that on eBay and other places, uh, Dr. Seuss books are trading for a lot of money. In fact, I brought a stack in here today they for, go for thousands of dollars now. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, in fact, a very dear friend of mine who handed me these books uh, a few weeks ago, I saw she and her husband uh, just yesterday, and they were joking about it, saying, you know those books we gave you? <laughs> Can we have it back? <laughs> are you done with them? Have you read them? Yeah. Oh, you didn't understand. They were a lend, Jay. Those weren't a gift. Uh, you know? I, I hope they're not going to start disappearing from uh, libraries and stuff, because uh, now that with the price tag like that, and they entered a new category, now they became, become uh, collectible. That's a great point that they might disappear from libraries it's getting strange will the albert wisner Pub public library in warwick have a dr seuss room well the, uh, yeah yeah because the ratio of uh, fine to what it trades uh, currently on ebay could be uh, <laughs> tempting enough for some people to just uh, go ahead you should put them under the lock yeah the, the library cop from seinfeld is going to come after you and hit you with a fine oh darn by the way uh, please don't lean on my delorean while you're giving me that fine you know it's strange um, it's a strange one, but uh, you know, so here's somebody who's fat or here's a company who may or may not have found a way to leverage cancel culture to their fiscal benefit. Maybe other people will follow suit. Maybe we'll see more of that. Remember what happened with Aunt Jemima's syrup? 
First, they removed the late, I mean, many years ago, they changed the depiction of Aunt Jemima, um, a, a, a character that I would presume to be a proud African-American lady. And they gave, they modernized her instead of making her this heavy lady wearing an apron and sort of a, you know, a head, uh, um, rag. They made her modern and svelte and, you know, more looking like a 21st century lady, which was great. Now they've decided they can't have the face of an African-American lady on the um, syrup. Altogether? Altogether. Because I guess there's I something it's... wrong with being an African-American woman, if I'm reading cancel culture correctly. But then it got stranger. They changed the names. The, the name. It's no longer Aunt Jemima's syrup. It's not the same. Now, now see, to me, it, it has to, it, it's not the same anymore. It's, it's like, uh, you know, I think that's a part of heritage and should be proud heritage for Very that matter. Very proud. I mean, if, you know, I believe, see, I don't want to say it because it's not something that I researched and I hate when people do that. There may have been a bad association with the original Aunt Jemima character where maybe she was a slave or a servant, in which case I'm all for getting rid of that imagery too but they changed the face of the character to be someone modern. And then finally they just removed the name and it has some other name altogether. Again, uh, forgive me, I don't remember what the new name is or anything, but if again, this was depicting a slave and glorifying that or worse yet, uh, humorizing it, by all means I'd support it. But I don't believe that's the case. There are a lot of strange things happening and especially with, with race in America and when it comes to cancel culture, I think sometimes in terms of celebrating diversity, when we cancel imagery and ideas and notions, sometimes we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think I, I agree with you. I also would like to point out that, uh, you know, hope now that uh, those books are in uh, high demand and people are paying uh, big money for it. Maybe finally they will start reading them. Uh, because it's been a fairly simple question with an elephant. We still haven't had a, <laughs> didn't get a caller yet. Yeah, well, the question again for people to call in with, uh, the answer, call in at 845-651-1110. Who is the elephant who's appeared in two different Dr. Seuss books? In one of those books, uh, the elephant hears a little voice and it's on a little clover flower and only the elephant can hear it. So the elephant wants to save the clover flower. A kangaroo and some monkeys get angry. They want to destroy the clover flower because it just seems weird that the elephant wants to do this. The little clover flower has a speck of dust that's full of people. It turns out it's a whole planet with villages and stuff. And this, this elephant tells them, make your voice heard. Yells, because I can't just save you. We need everybody to hear you. How many great messages are in that? about real activism and about the idea of protecting other cultures, protecting those who can't protect themselves. Yet we'd say, well, let's cancel these yeah, but books. See, it, it seems like whoever came up with this uh, cancel idea, cancel culture, uh, is somebody who doesn't read that deeply, doesn't see the message, doesn't read, just looks at the illustrations, pictures, you know, like uh, illiterate people do. Yeah, yeah, sort of like the people who oppose the uh, your hotel project, yeah, Pulp yeah, Rock Inn Hotel. Not to bring that up, flip, but flip the pages, uh, go through them, just to see something you don't like, and start screaming very loud about it. And that's well, especially if it's fashionable. Oh, these cool kids on the corner, I I like the clothes they wear. They're screaming about it. I'm going to scream about it too. And that's what a lot of it really does come down to. It's a it's a fashion statement more than a real cause. 
So, but when you dive or dig a little deeper and you see what it's all about, you totally uh, change your opinion and it, it changes the perspective. Uh, because like you said, the Dr. Seuss's book, it's not just for children. Even no. though it's a children's literature, it does carry a, a very deep message. Stephen, were you just suggesting that people read for themselves, draw their own conclusions and maybe think for themselves and use Absolutely. independent critical always. thinking? I, I think that's always a good idea. That's what I do. That's what I uh, encourage everybody to do. My friend, I'm sorry, but I part ways <laughs> with you there. How dare you? I, I'm canceling this show. <laughs> <laughs> No, because it seems like, you know, like once again, nobody, instead of uh, looking for that message, you, you in, in four sentences, you brought the things that is so deep about the, the story that uh, Dr. Seuss wrote. And yet everybody's screaming about the picture that the, the guy, the, the illustration that he did, in, in fact, accurately. The other story with the elephant, by the way, whose name I'm not saying because that's the question here, the trivia question for a $25 gift certificate to Sam's Meat Warehouse. Uh, call us at 845-651-1110. The other story is this elephant, this bird comes by, this lady bird, and she goes, oh, can you sit on this egg for a little while? I just have to go out and run some errands. So the elephant's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll sit down here and elephant's faithful 100%. Bird disappears. She goes away to like, you know, Acapulco or something, chilling in the sun while this <laughs> elephant during blizzards is sitting there. Elephant day and night for months is sitting on this egg. Bird comes back after, you know, tanned, rested from Acapulco. <laughs> I'll take that egg back now. Elephant's like, okay, I guess I have to. Gets off the egg. Egg hatches. It looks like the elephant, not the bird. <laughs> what a, an amazing message. You know, both, I mean, and across so many different models, uh, adoptive children, um, getting the worth for what you've done. Right. Who, who, being, is the, who is the true parent, the one who raised, the one who essentially biologic materials uh, donated you know exactly so you got it, it. It, it no it, it's much much deeper and uh, you know we, we start talking in africa and in africa uh, you know you see the in a wilderness in uh, how uh, animals interact and how essentially is only the way to survive how they hide if they don't have uh, protection or if they can't run uh, there's a little deer that believe it or not um, wants to always lives next to the most fearsome uh, predator because uh, that's essentially the shield that's essentially the umbrella that's, uh, that uh, deer is hiding upon and to make he just have to make uh, self invisible to that particular predator let's say to, to a lion sure, sure. You know? and uh, so they even uh, poop they, they uh, make a little hole in the ground they poop they cover it up with the, the soil it's, it's amazing to see and this millions of examples like uh, you know like that so it, it's uh, it's the whole universe and these yeah. books uh, are as well yeah. and but you have to read them and you have to understand what it's about and get the message and not just see the let's say illustration okay so uh, the author wrote that uh, in Orient people wear their eyes in a slant uh, but they do yeah I think it's wonderful why not absolutely I consider them as beautiful as any one of us and uh, I, I don't see any problems with that. Well, it sounds like we've got a caller. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And you can just say your first name. That's okay. Okay, my name is Stephanie. I'm from Unionville. Hi, Stephanie. The elephant's name is Horton. Yeah, we have a winner. Well done, Stephanie. You get a Stephanie, congratulations. Uh, we're looking forward to see you at Sam's Meat Warehouse, and you get $25 yeah. gift certificate. I'd love that. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. And Stephen, you don't have elephant meat at Sam's Warehouse, do you? No, 
no, we do have a variety. Uh, there's uh, always something to choose from, but it's more conventional, not uh, that uh, more art ducks. Uh, sure, sure. But you do have game meat sometimes. Yes, we do. We uh, we have bisons and uh, oh. and essentially anything edible that traditionally not only eaten. And here's another. There's a, uh, what we consider uh, not common or not palatable uh, things like... Uh, Kangaroo. And, oh, yeah. Kangaroo's good stuff. Yeah, and camel uh, and yak. I eat a lot of camel and yak. Yeah, sure. So, so there are there are people who are uh, looking specifically for that particular cut. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we do have, uh, those are uh, some of them in stock. Uh, we do have some more common items like goat meat we always sure. have in stock. That's, uh, you know, uh, different varieties of lamb, Australian, New Zealand, fresh American, um, different varieties of pork and there's a new line that's going to be coming in of the farm raised pork and uh, we're very proud that we're expecting the shipment uh, by mid-week this upcoming week so that's going to be uh, farm raised traditionally farm raised free grazing sort of like pasture raised pork and with a variety of uh, different uh, heritage breeds like berkshire and uh, oh gosh what is it uh, you're out of, I, pork is the one meat I don't eat. So, yeah, you're out of pork. Uh, Berkshire, uh, old speckled, old spotted. Uh, so this is, there's a variety of heritage breeds. And what separates those particular animal is the way they brought up and also their genetics. So if you compare the, the sort of like the animal that is mass produced on a factory farm, let's call it this way, and uh, the farm-raised animal traditionally raised, uh, I think that uh, statistics already has been brought up, and uh, I think uh, I have been asking people, but his, uh, he, that would make another question, and maybe uh, somebody will have time to answer. How many percent is uh, the farm-raised animal is fattier, or l the opposite, how, much, uh, how many percent the mass-produced hog is leaner than its farm-raised counterpart? This shocked me when you told me the answer. The, the, the numbers are... Uh, Staggering. I mean, it's uh, just tells you. And by the way, because you know, uh, even though there is true that some fats are bad for you, uh, we're getting more and more data that uh, the intramuscular fat versus like that uh, surface and bark, so as yeah. we call it, is in fact good for you because it contains a lake acid that might prevent the heart right. uh, disease and coronary disease. And then, disease. of course, sheep tail overseas, yep. which I won't get into because that's a subject in itself. Huduk. Yep. So now the question is the percentage difference in leanness between, so the farm produced stuff is like very, very, very lean, or, or the mass produced mass factory produced. farm is very factory lean. Factory farm is very, very lean. And that's a result of, uh, we can actually talk, we can make the whole total new program out of it. <laughs> yeah. That's a result of a congressional committee that has been formed in 1990s that whose sole purpose was to lean an American hog. And anybody who is, uh, remember, uh, days when the slogan another white meat became popular that exactly uh, sort of like um, was the to promote that campaign and promote the, uh, the new lean uh, American hog that took less time to mature uh, it grows faster uh, in fact there is a um, there is a drug that's still uh, allowed to use in the states that is banned in more than 110 uh, countries. Say it ain't so. 
and, uh, it might come to my uh, I know the name it just uh, escaped my mind for a second so but anyway that uh, drug what that allows that allows for uh, for the animal to grow uh, more muscles with less feet in other words they you you saving on on the feet and you grow in more muscles now muscle is much uh, heavier than fat yeah and uh, but it's also less f- uh, flavorful i think the drug by the way is called barry bonds psyllin i'm pretty sure that's the name of it mm, and i know the medication actually the actual but uh, like i said you have to think i have to think about sure. it for a second but anyway so with that result we have very lean muscle packed uh, animal versus fatty intramuscular fat which is actually good for you yes, and and in europe and you know you lived a number of uh, years and uh, you're very familiar that uh, in italian it's known as lardo oh. in ukraine it's known as salo and uh, so th- there's a lot of things that come uh, actually very good so i don't have uh, i don't think we have an uh, the caller so we'll leave it maybe for your program which is coming up on monday yeah i'm uh, glad to uh, field it and then perhaps next week uh, uh, here on free speech we could talk more about that absolutely so everybody thank you for listening we'll see you in a week thank you Stephen. <laughs>